This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Slice of Cheese with Jenny Linford on Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. To find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Hello. Welcome to A Slice of Cheese, the Food FM radio series that celebrates the world of cheese. I'm Jenny Linford a food writer and cheese enthusiast, the author of Great British Cheeses. Cheeses are delicious and fascinating food, and we're setting out to explore this remarkable food and share the stories of the people who make, sell and love it. This week on A Slice of Cheese, we're looking at how to buy, store and enjoy your cheese, including insights into how to create a cheese board. We talked to two experienced cheesemongers, Edward Hancock, founder of Cheese Geek, and Ellen Hunter, online sales manager of Neil's Yard Dairy. Online, on smart speakers, and on Listen Again. This is Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com, and specialist food retailers. This week on A Slice of Cheese, very happy to have with me again Edward Hancock, founder of Cheese Geek. Good morning, Edward. Morning, Jenny. It's lovely to have you on this episode, Edward, because this week we're sort of looking at buying, choosing, storing and eating cheese. And I really would love your sort of insights into this. And I thought we'd start with that first important act that you do as a consumer is is you go and buy some cheese. I've written down a lot of writing about food shops and I love a good cheese shop. That's a very exciting place for me. But I suppose one of the joys of what you're doing with Cheese Geek is that it allows people to have that experience of buying great quality cheese from someone who knows and cares about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I always say to people, first of all, because clearly I talk a lot about buying cheese online and sometimes people worry and they say, oh, but you know, what about physical cheesemongers. I always say, I think if you've got a great cheesemonger near you, that's pretty special. And it's always going to be hard to replicate that online, of course. But the reality is that, you know, probably 95% of us plus don't don't have the fortune of having a great, uh, a great cheesemonger within sort of walking distance. And so I think the great thing about online and what we do, for example, guys like, you know, Andy at the Courtyard Dairy or, you know, actually a lot of mongers now have a website. Mm. Um, but the, the benefit of that is that now suddenly everyone effectively has a local cheese shop and that's how we try and build that relationship with the customer it's not just cheese you can buy off a website we're trying to forge those um, connections with our customers that you 
would get from having a local physical cheesemonger. We, we go as far as we can to achieve that. Because you and I have both gone like, oh, yeah, good cheese shops are a really good thing. And I think it's perhaps, you know, given that lots of people are shopping in supermarkets and people prize convenience and, and competitive pricing, what, what are the reasons why someone should, you know, this, and we're thinking of, of Christmas and, you know, New Year and this sort of this time of year when you often get the treat, you want the treats, don't you? And so this is, the, so why mm. would you say to somebody, you know, this, if you want, if you like cheese, this really is the time of year to actually go to cheese. What are the reasons, what are the practical reasons why you would find a cheese shop either online or a real good cheesemonger near you? I think, I think the, the key thing is to, understand or kind of remind yourself that when you go to an online cheesemonger like ourselves or you go to a physical cheesemonger or a specialist cheesemonger mm-hmm. you're getting so much value added when you eat that piece of cheese so you could treat a piece of cheese as a commodity or just a, a something to eat that tastes quite nice and that's fine but if you're looking at christmas for example or a special occasion you get so much more from that piece of cheese if you use a specialist and by that i mean these, you know, for example, we have direct relationships with the cheesemakers, we visit them, we understand how they make the cheese, how they want the cheese to taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, we understand their different batches and the variability across the year. And we also have a relationship with them in terms of how we like the cheese or how we ideally think our customers would like the cheese. And we base mm-hmm. that on the feedback we get from our customers. So when you eat a piece of cheese from us, for example, there are so many more layers that contribute to that piece of cheese tasting, in my view, like an almost incomparable product to, say, for example, if you went to a supermarket and the supermarket cheese will still taste good, but there's a lot more layered on if you use a specialist and it yeah. really does come through. And if you if you kind of, if you make that choice to eat this kind of cheese every Christmas going forward, even if it's just once a year, you will start to realize over time how big the difference is. Um, and, you know, it's our job to kind of, tell that story and to communicate that. Well, I was so interested in what you were saying, Edward, which I really like, this idea that you are, you know, the relationships, and I know you yourself started from the point of view of someone who was, you know, who loved cheese and sought out cheese shops and loved having a good cheese mm. shop near you. And so you've, you're totally in that. And then I love this idea that the cheese, that with Cheese Geek, you are creating these relationships too. And this, and how is that done then? Is that the joy of, of feedback? You know, you've got this, con- you've got a connectivity mm. haven't you with your customers and through social media i'm guessing too yeah we do um so how do we achieve that well the answer is whilst we don't have the ability to talk physically with our customers every day when they walk in our shop what we do have is data and you know without getting too techy every customer that receives cheese from us rates their cheese um mm. and we and we have that data we have that information about every customer did they love this did they not like that and we can use that information to help guide their future choices, um, whether that's on a subscription or whether it's even just for them themselves to have a log within their app or in their account to say, well, I've got a dinner party, I've got, you know, Christmas is coming up. I can't possibly remember all the cheeses that I've tried <laughs> over the last year, um, yeah. you know, and can't even pronounce many of them. But now yeah. I've just got one place and they're all there. And not only are they all there, I know whether I like them or not. And so, it's sort of a really valuable resource, um, mm. not just for us to help guide their journey, but for them themselves, independently of us, to remember and kind of forge this constructive movement forward when it comes to enjoying cheese. And I think I think that's the main thing that helps or creates that feedback loop that yeah. results in the customer eating more cheese that they enjoy. And I think that's really important. And one of the things that I think people 
often concerned about is how, when you've bought your cheese, then how, what's the best way to store it? I often get asked that. Yeah. What's your advice? It, about I, it's, it, you're, you're, <laughs> it's a great question. And it's probably one of the most, if not the most asked question is how to store my cheese and also afterwards how to store mm. my cheese. So, I, I mean, it, the, the easy bit first is when you receive your cheese from any specialist cheesemonger, whether it's online or actually when you go to, to, to the shop, um, it will be wrapped in special paper. So that paper is not just random, you know, something that you could find uh, anywhere. It's it's special paper. It's it's meant to, it sort of includes a wax component and it's meant to be slightly porous. So it allows the cheese to breathe, but doesn't, you know, allow, it, do, it doesn't dry out. So it's a perfect balance. It's a great environment for cheese. So the first thing to do is just keep it in that um, until mm. you want to eat it. And afterwards, uh, and, and sorry, and, and some people also say, oh, I refuse to keep my cheese in the fridge. Uh, I have a larder or a garage and I'll put it in there. And I think I think that's fine. Most of us don't have a, a larder or garage. And and the other thing is, you know, you're looking at 10 to 12 degrees with a sort of 85% humidity. And I don't think most of us can probably manage that, those conditions as well. So I think well, that's what you'd least... want. You'd want that. Yeah. Sorry, it was like 10 to 12. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yes, ideally. No. <laughs> if you're... Yeah, exactly. Because because there's the two things are you either refrigerate it to kind of slow everything down to give mm -hmm. you the most amount of time to eat the cheese and to ensure nothing goes wrong. If you're not going to slow it down in the fridge, you're effectively saying, I'm going to continue to let this cheese come on or mature. Right. And actually right. for a cut cheese, that won't happen. Um, but say you buy a whole camembert or, or a whole brie, mm -hmm. you know, that will continue to come on in the right conditions. So, right. so that's why some people like to keep their cheese in. But generally speaking, for, for kind of every day, I'd certainly say in the fridge, in a salad compartment, separate compartment in yeah. the fridge. Uh, yeah. because, you know, you're just managing uh, dry, drying out versus allowing the cheese to breathe. Yeah, that's um, the issue, isn't it? Our fridges are, are, are too cold and too right? dry, really, for, yes. for cheese. That's, that's why they're not ideal. This is a sad reality. But on the other hand, but, you know, but they will keep your cheese. They do help, you know, keep it, don't they? So, and then, of they course... Do. And then the important thing, I think, is then, which I always say to people is, you know, take your cheese out of your fridge before you want to eat it, which, oh, which I guess, yeah. yeah, that's a really key bit of advice, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I think, um, yeah, because so ultimately what what we sort of try and recommend is and we also send out cheese. We specifically send out cheese in an amount that we feel is um, you can eat within sort of three or four days mm -hmm. um, rather than amounts of cheese that are going to last for two weeks. So within three or four days, absolutely fine in the fridge um, because it's just going to keep it ready for you. We're going to send it to you in great condition. It's going to keep it ready for you until you eat it and finish it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So important um, before you're going to eat your cheese, get it to room temperature. And it's funny because people like to have times. So, you know, people generally want to get as specific guidance as possible. And I can totally understand that. But I've fallen foul of this in the past because we used to say around 30 to 45 minutes. Yeah. And I remember um, having this kind of general rule of thumb. And we had a massive heat wave in 20, I think it was 2019 probably have one every year actually nowadays, but it was the middle of summer, it was sort of 35, 36 degrees. Gosh. And I went round to a friend's house and they'd sort of gone out and sourced a cheese board because, you know, who I am, they tend to like to see what I think is yes, cheese. Yes, I'm sure. Yes. Um, yeah, and uh, this brie was basically like a pancake. And I said, you know, what, what happened here? So we well, said 45 minutes. And I said, but it's 36 <laughs> degrees. I mean, and so I realized that, you know, obviously kind of there yes. is a temperature dependent there. So the key thing is really to, it, it's room, it's getting up to room temperature. Right. Uh, and it's use the your judgment. Of, yes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> That's a good because, point. 
because it goes back to the fridge. You see, the fridge puts everything into stasis. So everything gets stopped or slowed down, and that includes flavour. So you yeah. can't bring it out of the fridge, get it to room temperature, and then that's when the flavour's going to really come out. And you're gonna yeah, when, it, when it's cold, you know, it's really muted, isn't it, basically? So if you want to, yeah. and if you've bought lovely cheese and you want to, you know, enjoy it at its best, then you do want it room temperature. So Absolutely. Really and there, there, are, there are one or two exceptions. I mean, I'll just throw them out there. Cheese yeah. is like, you know, Gorgonzola, uh, Roquefort actually can be slightly nicer, but just a little mm. bit colder. You know, it's like with red or white wine, there are slight variations between yeah. the temperature exactly. But as a general rule of thumb, we really want to get, get the cheese to room temperature. The other thing that I think people are really interested in is this idea of how do you put a cheese board together? Because, you know, this is the time of mm. year, again, we've got big, we've got people coming round, you know, you're entertaining. A cheese board is a lovely thing to have, you know, either the buffet or after a meal. And people do get anxious, I think, about you know they about do. this idea of a cheese board so so what do you you must have some some good guidance here edward tell us your thoughts yeah i mean just i don't i don't know if this story if i told this story on the last time we spoke and i'll just quickly start with it because it, it it just yep. there's a really great case in point here that i was in a i was in a cheese section of a of a of a, of a shop before i started the business up and a customer came in i was just hanging around in the cheese section which i used to do as you quite do. often um, as you do yeah <laughs> yes. and a customer came in and he had a dinner party that weekend it was a sort of a first thursday or a friday and he had a dinner party that weekend and you could tell the anxiety he, he mm. you know one of the people coming like their cheese communicating this with the munger and he was very very nervous and anxious about not getting it wrong uh and in the end i actually jumped in to 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 recommend the board for him because I just I couldn't resist and the manga wasn't <laughs> it, you know wasn't particularly doing a fantastic job on that occasion so I thought I'll step in and do it and he said to me you should probably get in uh, you, should, uh, you know he said to me you must be from in the cheese industry and I said I'm not and he said well you should probably think about that and I did I said yeah I probably that should and that's good actually advice wasn't it yeah brilliant. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but you're absolutely right this anxiety and um, you know there there is a kind of I guess it's something useful for the cheese industry to look at why that is. But, you know, from my perspective, the key, the most important thing is actually a lot of it is um, relatively common sense and actually mm -hmm. intuitive. So when I start, you know, first thing for me when I'm putting together a cheese board is I just want variety. And that's yeah. it. So variety means variety of milk, variety of styles and even varieties of texture and colour. So mm -hmm. so that's that's not, you know, uh, technical. That's just kind of yeah relatively common sense so that's the starting point i think the bit that people tend to maybe i wouldn't say get wrong but one thing that people tend to try and do is fit as many cheeses on this board as they can they think mm. oh we need to have lots and lots of different styles so seven or eight cheeses mm. and what that actually means is smaller pieces which don't hold their freshness for as long and people don't get to try a decent piece of every cheese oh, so i tend point. to err yeah. towards smaller uh, you know in terms fewer. of less yeah. variety fewer sorry fewer yeah. yeah so you know and obviously there's weights here and i don't know it depends on how many people but generally i like three to five max mm. so three is actually quite a, quite a brave thing to do but you end up you're going to end up getting three really big show-stopping pieces of cheese you can still cover varieties if you want to be a little bit more um broad then i'd say go up to five but generally i wouldn't go above that um because you know it otherwise it's just you want to keep these pieces of cheese bigger and make sure everyone has a chance to, to dig in. Yeah. So within that, you know, you, I, it's really, really important. And the one thing I would say 
above all of this that you you really want to make sure you get right because it really makes a difference is the order you eat these cheeses in you know every time oh. we send up cheese we tell people the order and there are certain cheeses that are going out of um fashion i suppose or or trending away and i think a big reason for that is the order people eat their cheeses so if you take the british territorial cheeses like mm. lancashire's wensleydale's yeah, yeah yeah historic cheeses that are wonderful complex but subtle cheeses yes yeah so often you find these cheeses somewhere in the middle of a cheese board or, or just mm. just in a cheese board without much guidance and if you eat one of these cheeses towards the middle of the end of your cheese board you, you're just not going to pick up all those yeah. subtleties that are intended to be tasted yeah. So I always start with those. So you're starting with a more mild, um, mm-hmm. sort of yeah, they're gentle semi- cheeses, aren't they? You know, they've got, yeah. a, and they're really beautiful in their own way. But yeah, they they're not they're they not are. sort of shout out. They're not. Yes, it's interesting. They don't make a dramatic effect. They've got this really this sort of lovely, yeah, a gentleness to them. It's they're really dairy cheeses to me somehow. You know, you always really taste they the are. milk. I feel. Yeah, you can. And that's you good. Can. So that's and a good point. Yeah. So you start start mm. with those then. Yeah. Start with those, yeah, and it's such a great point about tasting the milk, Jenny, because, you know, particularly the cheeses we try and showcase, uh, for example, Applebee's Cheshire or or Perkins Lancashire, you know, they're raw milk as well. So you want to be able to taste the milk because it's, you know, it's raw milk. It's deliberately been made so that the flavour of the milk comes through. Mm. Um, So always start with those. Um, They they benefit from a fresh palate. Uh, Then you sort of go to more mature cheeses. So then, especially around Christmas time, you know, it's nice to put out a nice mature, strong cheddar, and a Comte is always a great cheese to have. Mm. I think at, at Christmas. Comte as well. just seems everyone seems to love Comte. I haven't, you know, it's one of those cheeses. Something very pleasing about it, isn't it? That slight. Yeah. I don't know. It's the texture. There's slight sort of sweetness to it. I don't know. Yeah. It's very beguiling, and it's. I think it's also got many faces, and that's why I like it as well. Because depending on the age you have it at. It's such a different cheese, but it's excessively different. You know, mm. you don't need to have a very, very yeah. developed or uh, expert palate to pick up the changes as a Comte moves through from 12 to 15 months up to 20, 21, and then, and then past 30. But, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting thing as well because so we're talking about putting together a cheese ball, but if we're looking specifically at Christmas, I think it's so important to try, if you can, to be seasonal. You know, cheese is seasonal just like fruit and vegetables, and... Um, a great example, actually, of trying to be seasonal, have a seasonal um, thoughts in your mind when you're putting together a Christmas cheese board is uh, Comte, because Comte changes an awful lot depending on whether it's made with summer milk or winter milk. Um, and you can really see that in the colour of the cheese. It's a really gold and vibrant yellow that's been made uh, with summer milk and it's a more ivory sort of pale colour if it's made with winter milk. And um, I love my Comte around 18 months old, 18 to 20 months. So if you sort of count back, you can see that to have summer milk around 18 to 20 months, it gets you to around Christmas, which is why Perfect. I like eating Comte <laughs> at Christmas. So yeah. it's a very, you know, it's a seasonal thing. Um, if I like my Comte at 12 months, I'd be eating more of it in the summer. So so I think that it's a really seasonal cheese for me, Comte. I, I do tend to eat more of it around Christmas. Um, so then you've got your hard mature cheese. Um, and then I'd go into soft. So, you know, you could have, you could have two softs. You could have a brie style or a camembert style, so a Tunworth or a, um, even um, something like a, a Winslade, which is a Vacheron style cheese. Or you could go for Vacheron, and again, the ultimate seasonal cheese, only made uh, really between September and April. Incidentally, same cows, uh, the Montbelliard cows that make the Comte. So that's quite a nice 
That's great yes. there. Um, That's they nice make the ponte in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the, the bus run in the winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then that's... ending with blue cheese. Yeah. And you've got, I mean, blue and it's, and absolutely end with the blue because blue's just, it's just, they're more powerful in a way, isn't it? You want, Yes, you would. You would mm. If you had them, this one I've done quite a lot of chocolate tasting, and it's like starting with white and ending with 100. percent You know, there is a reason to to follow for your because your palate just went. You know, once you've had blue, it'll be much harder really to to discern some of those gentler cheeses. So, Absolutely. and, that's, and, and that's not even to do with. It's making me sound as I'm saying the blue is really powerful. It's not that. It's just there's something about that that flavour is just very assertive, isn't it? Um, even in the gentles, you know. Cheese, so, and, yeah. and I think also a, a big thing about flavour is um, not just the flavour up front of the cheese, but it's how long that flavour then lingers. Mm, so, finish, you know, yeah. you might have, yeah, so you might have, for example, a, a, a Brie star cheese, which isn't, you know, it's quite creamy and it's not necessarily really big and up front. But then you, you're left with Brie with this kind of um, mushroomy, earthy aftertaste that's mm. going to affect your palate if you went back to, to say, a Cheshire or a Lancashire, which does have lovely complex flavour, but a very clean finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's one of the main things I look for is sometimes you might find uh, quite a strong mature Gouda, for example, that you have earlier on, because although it's got quite big upfront flavour, it's got a very, very clean finish. And so it's not going to affect your palate for the next cheeses that you're trying. That's um, a really good point. So if you were doing that, Edward, so I'm guessing, you know, if, when you have friends over, everyone must expect wonderful cheeses from you. It's like no pressure. Um, pressure, yeah. And do, and do you then, would, would you literally say to people, do you, do you do it in that way? Would you say, let's start with this? Do you Absolutely. say to everyone, start and go through? And then, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I do. And I think so, I, I, always try, I always try and say, look, I recommend this. Because right. I, people tend to not like to be told they have to hmm. do something especially when it's something so enjoyable as eating cheese. Yeah. But I, I do definitely try and encourage people. And I explain why, that it's not just another one of those strange cheese uh, cheese things. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's not arbitrary, there's, a real... there's actually a reason. Yes. <laughs> exactly, there's a reason yeah. for it. Um, yeah. And so I do, I, it's a big thing that we do. And it's um, quite unique, I think, in terms of, I've not seen other cheesemongers that do this in terms of always ensuring your recommend or suggested order of eating the cheese. But what about washed rind cheeses? Where would they sit in that sort of order of, of tasting? Mm, that's a really interesting one because generally speaking, certainly from my experience, is washed rind sits before blue. But right. you could easily sit washed rind behind blue. It really depends on the cheese. So, for yeah. example, a great one of my favourite washed rind cheeses at the moment is Roll Right, uh, made mm. by David Jowett. That's delicious. Yes, uh, it's just a wonderful cheese, but and it it is strong and it is for up front, but it's not um, huge. It's not a huge cheese. Yeah. And for that cheese, I'd happily have that in front of the blue. Yeah. But if you yeah. took a cheese like a Poisse, for example, um, or or Mawar or a Munster, that I would certainly be having those cheeses, or even a Stinking Bishop, I'd probably be having those those cheeses after the blue, because they really do. It's like no going back for your palate after you've had you <laughs> one of those. Yes. Um, yeah, and they've got amazing uh, yeah. sort of meaty savouriness to them, yeah. some of these washer rinds, don't they? They're quite, whereas they really the Roll Right, it's got, the Roll it's got spruce, isn't it? Which I get, I love those sort of this mm. spruce spruce notes and there. Yeah, there's sort of a delicacy it it. to it, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. It's got a delicacy and a slight elegance. Um, yeah. Whereas cheese like a poisse are just big and bold and they're meat, you're right, meaty. Um, and you know, you know what's hit you uh, when you eat some. 
So we can I ask you, Edward, so with, and I know it's going to be a really sort of frantic time of year because anyone who's selling food in the run up to Christmas, this is, you know, it's madness, basically. People work so hard. And so is it lovely for you when you actually get to Christmas Day? Do you then, do you, but do you sort of plot your cheese board ahead of time? Do you sort of think, oh, I'm going to like stack up some favourites and have them here. And, you, know, do you get a lovely, yeah, and you get a chance Absolutely. to relax and enjoy them. Yeah. Absolutely. And throughout the year, you know, because we're, we're tasting cheeses all, all the time. Um, and every year now, there'll be a, a collection of new cheeses that we come across or cheeses that have just been made for the first time, really. Mm. And I, I always sort of make a note that that could be nice for my cheese board. And I think... When we're talking about a Christmas cheese board as well, and it, you know, on this point, there is kind of like the rule of thumb, or there there are those kind of guidelines. But you can always deviate, and actually, for me, I sometimes deviate from my own advice <laughs> because yeah. I think sometimes, you know, and again, it depends on the meal or what you're eating on Christmas Day or yeah. Boxing Day. But sometimes you may have had a very very rich rich meal, and and you know, most people eat a cheese board towards the end. Yeah, and there are certain cheeses that are actually quite light and quite sort of gentle to almost help with the digestion rather than push you over uh, the edge and you know for example cheeses like Pearl Wen which is a lovely light uh, brie style cheese is a really great one as a almost like a cheesy palate cleanser it's just light and fresh and, and not quite as earthy and powerful as a classic brie and St Helene is the other one that I'm really excited about at the moment made by Blake at Fen Farm because that's kind of like a San Nectaire style cheese and again, I've it's a bit lighter. It. Yeah, I've, I've, I haven't tried mm. it yet. So, yeah, oh, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. So, you can always adapt. Yes. Mm. And also, would you think, I mean, also it can be very stylish to just have one, you know, if you've got a stonking piece of something, you know, like, or a, or a great big slab of something beautiful, I suppose. That's the other thing. You could just Absolutely. sort of go for that, couldn't you? A statement, you know, a wonderful piece of Beaufort or. Oh, you know, yeah. some of those fantastic um, Swiss Alpine cheese are just so delicious. You know, when they're good, they're so delicious. Um, I think so, yeah. And yeah. I think a lot of people buy cheese for not just Christmas Day, but sort of the Christmas, the festive period. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really nice approach is to say, well, look, we're going to have uh, these four cheeses for Christmas Day. And then on Boxing Day, we're going to have this different cheese, a fifth cheese, the big dough stopper. Mm. Um, I was at Liner Dairy where they make Cornish Kern and Yarg amongst other cheeses. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I got my hands on this four-year Cornish Kern, wow. um, which they never take. They take it. They take kinds of two years, so four years is yes. is, is double. And um, that's you know, I got a nice wedge of that, and that's the kind of cheese you know. It's a bit special. It's not you know widely available. And if you get your cheese on a really, get your hands on a really special cheese, absolutely, just just let that sing. You know, just put a huge wedge of that on the table, and people won't be disappointed. Um, you know, same with yes. Stilton at Christmas. You know, people have a big, a big pot of Stilton. But yeah, I think that's a great, a great idea to to just focus on one incredible. I'm actually, cheese. I'm the person who does the cooking at Christmas, and actually, I must say, and one of the, you know, the recurring pleasures of cheese is that it doesn't require cooking. I mean, and so you know, you have <laughs> yeah. good cheese, you have a meal, and you have salad leaves with it, and. And it's so simple and that, you know, and this is very easy, isn't it? If you've got friends staying or family visiting, then you can just put that out and it just allow and people can help themselves. And it's this very sort of nice, easy way to, to eat and enjoy, enjoy this, beautiful um, food. I've heard it referred to many times as the world's greatest fast food. <laughs> and it, it really is because you can just open your fridge door, take out a couple of pieces of cheese and then, well, you could eat them straight away, but in 30 minutes, um, it's, it's, you know, getting to room temperature. It's just, 
ready to go with no effort, minimum minimum effort. Yes, all the um, what's been put in by the cheesemaker and the cheesemonger. So that, yeah, exactly. And that's. Oh, that's I mean, the killing. other thing, of course, is you could bake a lovely piece of cheese. So you know, if you um. If you again buying a selection, you have three or four cheeses out one day, a big showstopper cheese the other day, and uh, one day you can just stick your Bacharan or or a Tunworth or a whole Camembert yes. in the oven and bake it with some rosemary and garlic, and it's you know it is cooking, but it's very yeah, kind very of straightforward. Well, labour labour free um, cooking labor. So, yeah, in the oven, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the versatility so, of it. I mean, cheese is incredibly versatile as well. So yeah, there's so many different ways to present it. Brilliant. Oh, well, Edward, thank you for all that, that sort of insight and, and your infectious enthusiasm. It's been a really a real pleasure to talk to you. Thank you, Edward. Yeah, brilliant. No problem at all. Absolute pleasure, Jenny. And uh, Have a good Christmas. people find it helpful and enjoy Take the Christmas then. cheese. Yeah, Cheers. that'd be lovely. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I'm a huge fan of Peter's Yard's crackers and they always feature on my Christmas cheese board. All Peter's Yard's crackers are made in small batches using quality natural ingredients and their sourdough starter, slowly fermented for 16 hours for award-winning flavour and crunch. Visit petersyard.com forward slash shop. Enter the code slice of cheese at the checkout to receive 25% off your first order. Online, on smart speakers and on Listen Again, this is Food FM. Enhance your cheese board with Peters Yard sourdough crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Before we go on exploring the world of cheese, here's news of another Food FM programme that I think you'd really enjoy. Thank you, Jenny. Well, I'm David, the host of The Drinking Hour here on Food FM. Each week we explore the wonderful world of wine, spirits and beer, all things that make wonderful pairings with cheese, of course. We hear from those for whom making drinks is a passion. So after your cheese course, how about you join me for a few drinks? You can find The Drinking Hour with David Kermode on your usual podcast platform and at foodfmradio.com. Now it's back to Jenny and a slice of cheese. Very happy to have with me today, Ellen Hunter of Neil's Yard Dairy. She's the online sales manager for Neil's Yard. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. Good. That's what I like to hear. And so, and Ellen, this week we're sort of looking at, we're thinking about sort of buying and eating cheese and also, and cheese boards. I wanted you on, you know, because Neil's Yard Dairy, you stock just British and Irish cheeses. I know. And then a bit of Parmesan. <laughs> and so, but um, <laughs> you've championed British cheese producers. And I thought what would be so interesting would be to, to think about the British cheeses that people could be enjoying this Christmas. Because I think, you know, in the past there was often a tendency to, to turn to France for a cheese board. And yet the British cheese scene is really sort of vibrant, isn't it? So what do you feel that it offers, if I was putting together a cheese board and just want to have British cheeses, am I well placed now to do this? Absolutely. I think what's so exciting and it, and it keeps developing as well, which is even more exciting, is the, the range of British cheese that we have and the range of cheeses that cheesemakers are now looking to produce. Um, and the fact that it is possible to put together a really varied and exciting cheese board purely from British cheeses. So, yep, yeah, you're definitely well placed to do so. And it's it's a really good thing to do. Yeah, I mean, let's have a talk. Because when, you know, in fact, when people talk about putting together a cheese board, one of the things that, that's, you know, it's a very basic starting point is have a, have a mix of cheeses. Because in a way, what you're trying to do is make sure that, you know, your guests who are eating it, are, there's going to be something they like because every, you know, everyone's taste is very personal. So you can go for different types of cheese, can't you? And, and by types, from a cheesemonger's point of view, 
are you thinking sort of a hard, soft, you know, blue, what's right? Are these the broad categories that you, you think of? Generally, yes. Yeah. So I, I like to have a, a kind of soft cow's milk cheese and maybe a nice soft goat's or sheep's milk cheese as well. Um, and then uh, a blue cheese um, and a hard cow's milk cheese, maybe a, a cheddar style. Um, and then I, I like to have a traditional British cheese, maybe a Lancashire or a Cheshire, mm-hmm. because they bring something really unique. And it's only really recently um, doing lots of tastings with people from from other places that I've realised how unique that is. And it's this mm. lovely kind of bright, acidic, young flavour that, that really brings the cheese board to life. So I think that's good. And then I like a wild card as well. <laughs> well, let's talk about it. So what might what might a wild card British cheese be? What are some there people are making you know, there's real creativity, isn't there, to the cheese scene in Britain and people are making some very interesting sort of experiments. I mean I actually I must say I, when I said that I then thought immediately of Martin Gott. <laughs> he just came to mind of the cheesemaker St James. Yeah, well exactly. He's been doing some some really exciting things recently and you know we've had um uh we've had some ingot coming through which is a really exciting new soft goat's cheese from him. And that's uh, the milk from the old Innis goats. So they used to make Innis cheese with the milk from those goats. And unfortunately for us and the cheese yes. world, um, they're, they're no longer making cheese. But in a really lovely circle of life, Martin now has their goats and is making this delicious new yeah. cheese, which is thrilling. But Martin being Martin, he wouldn't just, he wouldn't just replicate what, I mean, obviously, you know, and the gates have gone to his farm, so they're a different place. But so is he doing something, you know, is it distinctively different from, from the Innes, you know, the Innes log or? Yeah, in flavour, the it's very early stages. So I've actually mm-hmm. only tasted two different batches. Um, and both of those have been very different, both to, to the Innes brick and to each other in flavour. Mm. And it's, uh, it's a really exciting process to be a part of and I think he's with that milk he's um he's done a few a few different things so far and and kind of seeing seeing what happens and it's just such an exciting time for the cheese world really and tell us thinking back to that cheese board you mentioned you talked about having a you know let's give some examples so you talked about having a blue cheese on a cheese board and I think lots of people you know obviously famously Stilton is thought of as a Christmas blue cheese but there are lots of other wonderful blue cheeses in Britain what, what are some that you think are interesting there are I am um, I love Stitchelton which is a, a raw milk blue cheese um it has a, a very similar recipe to Stilton um and I think part of the thing I love about it um has made it a bit difficult over the last year and a half because it's so variable um and that's that's so exciting you never know what the batch or the cheese will taste like and that's yeah. that's part of the thrill really so that's definitely a really exciting one obviously when you can't go and taste in the shop uh finding your your perfect cheese is a little bit more difficult um and the, the Colston Bassett Stilton is very good for that consistency but yes. there's some other really exciting Harborn and and Devon Blue and Beanley Blue which are, are made by Ben Harris um uh, uh, different different styles and kind of more along the rock four lines and they're, they're and, really lovely too and different milks up there because there's sheep and goats and cows it's so interesting he's making you know three blue cheeses from three different milks which is so which is really interesting isn't it and you get to it's, taste that that difference 
Absolutely. And what I love about them is, is um, especially the, the beanie and the harborn, which are the goats and sheep. They're sometimes quite, quite boozy. So they're quite <laughs> nice on a cheese board. Just, uh, yes. And there's um, Pevensey Blue. We had um, Martin Ticals, who was of, you know, he was a Neil's Yard Dairy manager of the borough shop and, and the Covent Garden shop and has gone off to make his own cheese, which is such a brilliant, you know, actually hats off to him because it's so impressive to do that. Such hard work. Absolutely. And that's a, that's another cheese that's just thrilling for us to be able to sell. We're, um, we're fighting to have some for, for online sales, but it's been in the shop for a while and it's, it's just such a lovely feeling to be able to sell a cheese that somebody you've worked with before has made. It's, uh, yeah, it's really exciting and it's delicious as well. It's an easy, and then, easy to sell. Lovely. And I, yes, it is delicious. I, I had some. It's very good. And you talked about cheddar style cheeses. And of course, they're the famous. Britain has got some wonderful cheddar makers. You know, Jamie Montgomery is a very famous example. But again, it's really interesting isn't it? that there are other people making that style of cheese. What sort of what hard cow's milk cheeses would you be drawn towards for Christmas? I often will get a Lincolnshire poacher, especially if I'm mm. sharing my cheese, which I don't often do, if I'm honest, but occasionally <laughs> one has to. And um, yeah. uh, what I love about the Lincolnshire poacher is it's it's pretty universally crowd-pleasing. Um, yeah. It's got a lovely kind of sweet, nutty flavour to it. And I think it's a really nice balance between a, a cheddar style and um, it's really, really popular I found anyway with with children, which is another really good thing to to think about when you're putting together a cheese board. It's nice to have everyone involved, so it's good to have something that that everyone yeah. likes. Um, I agree. It's got a so, lot. I mean, it's got a lot of flavour, hasn't it? But in, in a very likable way, as you said, there's sort of a you know lots of savouriness, but also a sweetness to it. So, yes, I I'm a big fan of of, of that cheese. It's very good. What are some of the different styles in hard cheeses? It's quite, because it's like cheddar style. And actually, we, you talked about the territorials, the, um, you know, the, the Lager and the Cheshire. But let's talk a little bit more about, about those cheeses and that, that style. Are, are they, because they often have a very different texture from a cheddar, don't they? They do. So um, because most of them are quite a bit younger, when we're talking about the Lancashires or Cheshires or Caffillies, they're, they're often just a few months old. Um, so they do have a very different texture. Um, they're often a little bit more crumbly. Um, and, and I think they've just got this lovely brightness to them that is, is very different to the cheddar as well. And a nice kind of acidity that really lifts everything else around them. And I think also what's interesting is, so at the moment we, we've got three Wensleydales and as a company, we've been really looking at um, tasting those three side by side, we've got a Hawes Wensleydale, we've got a Wynne Yates Wensleydale, and we've got a Stonebeck Wensleydale. What's amazing about British cheese is that all three of those Wensleydales have very different textures and, oh. and flavours. So it's not universal that they'll all be crumbly or they'll all be bright. But again, that's that's what's so exciting about A, traditional cheese, but B, how people are now developing those. Yes, I mean, that's the, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because that comes up over and over again on these programmes that, you know, you have 
the word, the one word, like cheddar. Or, but actually it's, it's made, you know, and the person who's made it will be so different. And it's because, you know, especially when it's when people are making, you know, craft cheeses and they're using their own milk and they're using raw milk and they be very careful. And it's the expression, you know, it's the expression of that that place and that recipe, which which always makes it so, so interesting, I think, you know, um, as someone who likes cheese, I just want to find it absolutely fascinating that I could eat three different cheddars that on paper would read as though they were made really similarly, you know, which are all traditional rennet and raw milk and, you know, cloth bound and children the same amount of time, but eat them side by side and they'll be really different, won't they? It's it's really incredible. And it's just fascinating that this thing that's come out of milk can um, can basically have its own personality and can shock and surprise you with how it's tasting. It's, um, it's yeah, it's really exciting. And that's hopefully we'll, we'll be in a situation where customers can come and, and taste the cheese this year. But certainly at home when people are tasting through, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting to see how things change and how things what? are unexpected. One of the things, I mean, we should talk close about soft cheese, actually, because people love a soft cheese on a board. What are some of, there's some very, you know, you've got some very interesting makers, haven't you? And there's um, Julie Cheney making St. Jude, which, you know, that's a very, I was, I think that's a lovely little cheese. What are your thoughts about that? It's delightful. And I think what's lovely about the farm that Julie works on as well is that she's she's on the same farm as um, Johnny and Dulcie who make Baron Bygod and so from this one farm we've got St Jude we've also got Baron Bygod and then we've got St Sarah which is the the washed rind version of a St Jude and that that actually tends to be my wild card what I love about St Jude is it often it often tastes like a, a cloud of clotted cream and it's just <laughs> this delightful sort of yeah creamy clotted cream sort of bonanza and I think what's also lovely about the St. Jude is that you can pair it a little bit more interestingly um, it works quite well with sweet things as well with with honey oh. and you mentioned St. Sarah being the washed rind version so just explain to listeners what, what washing that there is a whole sort of family of cheese called washed rind cheeses and they are often the, the smellier ones <laughs> the smellies they're sometimes called and so tell us what that does to the St. Jude it changes the flavour quite noticeably that process Absolutely. So it's, I suppose, a combination, the, the change of, of being aged for a bit longer than the St. Jude. Um, and also, yeah, being being washed very, very delicately um, in a wooden box with, with a brine solution. And that does a few different things. It um, helps break down the texture of the cheese. So rather than being this kind of moussey, fluffy texture on the inside, it will develop more of a broken down slightly runnier hopefully at the moment our maturation team are working towards a slightly more stable and and more squidgy breakdown mm. so that we can so that we can transport it to people um yes. but yeah it's it's that lovely breakdown and then a beautiful when they're perfect a beautiful pink top and it's delightful yeah. and a real punch Yes, it takes on a lot of that sort of savoury bite, doesn't it? It's quite interesting. It really does does affect it. Absolutely. And you get a bit of farminess sometimes, which I love and which I think possibly we maybe we need to think of another word because I think a lot of people hear farmy and think, oh dear, cow pads. <laughs> um, but it is that lovely sort of grassy, you know, breathing in the fresh air when you've stepped out into the countryside sort of flavour and it's yeah it, it develops in the sincere and it's 
a flavour that I really enjoy. Yeah, lovely. Oh, okay, that's, I think that's huge strength. So there is absolute scope. So if you are feeling like championing British cheese, and you know, and the British cheesemakers had a very tough time in the pandemic, and actually it was the response from the public in buying their cheeses that really helped sustain them and keep them going when, when hospitality closed. So, you know, they still, it's been tough, <laughs> I think, actually. And and it's already, this is a really wonderful time of year to explore we've got a very rich it's such it's so interesting isn't it Ellen because we have a this wonderful tradition you know there's cheese we've talked about these classic historic cheeses you know cheddar and stilton and cheshire and yet and then they say so many new cheeses that are made with great care and skill and using traditional techniques this is a lovely combination isn't it it's really lovely and it's really exciting and I think this time of year is just a great opportunity for people who already eat that sort of cheese it's a, it's a great chance to to talk about that sort of cheese with other people and to taste it with other people and yeah to to really let people know what's happening in the British cheese world because I think sometimes not enough people are aware of, of what delicious cheese we actually do produce here and it's yeah it's a great time to be eating it lovely thank you so much Ellen that was lovely to talk to you thank you so much for having me to find out more about Food FM and our content, go to foodfmradio.com. Enhance your cheese board with Peter's Yard Sourdough Crackers this Christmas. Available at Waitrose, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Ocado, Amazon, petersyard.com and specialist food retailers. Thank you so much for listening to A Slice of Cheese. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have enjoyed it, it would be lovely if you could rate us on wherever you've found this podcast it will make such a difference to us so i hope you'll enjoy us again thank you very much